As I look back on the past 12 months, one of the things that I found that provided me and is one of several uh, opportunities to learn and to grow and to suffer less uh, as far as, you know, needless suffering. I'm not judging that or beating myself up emotionally in any way, but I'm just realizing objectively that if the idea is, if, the, if as one of my teachers reminded me very lovingly uh, some time ago, being here is the point, you know, the whole idea behind being here now. If that is what I am trying to do, then inflicting any unnecessary suffering on myself through my thoughts about what I'm feeling is something that I certainly do want to address. And so this past week, I've had an opportunity to reflect on one of those uh, major categories of learning opportunities that I had. And I would imagine, given the circumstances of the past nine months, I guess it's been now, uh, it's, it's, I would imagine that this would resonate with other people as well. I've certainly had some conversations with people I know, some, in some cases people I don't know that well, and have certainly heard that this is something that due to all of the stress and strain of the events of the past nine months that we have seen. And what I really want to speak about today is about any struggles that I have had in the past and possibly could have in the future, and certainly being human, I certainly will, um, of how I think about and how I react internally to how people change. And there have been some surprises this year, I can certainly say that, and I doubt that I am the only one. Uh, Times like this, and this is not my wisdom, this is just what I have learned through these many years of life is that times like this will bring out aspects of people that in some cases will completely surprise and bewilder us. And I have certainly had some of those experiences. I've had some closer relationships with friends and people that I'm associated with that have just completely shocked me to my core. There has been certainly some grieving of over, I'm not sure if you say that it's grieving over or grieving about, uh, you know, the, uh, the hurt and the pain that can come from, and that's really what I want to explore this morning is how to mindfully cope more healthily and effectively with how we think and react to the changes that we see in people that we know and that, and especially people that we're close with. And what I've found is that it is very easy and it's very human to fall into the trap of having this model in my head. And I realize it, it generally starts with us. In other words, and I'm saying with, I'm not, I'm not saying that anybody does this, but what I'm saying here is that I have found within myself that the more prone I am to having any thoughts at all about who I am, and it's very normal and human. And to a certain degree, we're wired this way. And certainly, depending on what part of the world we live in, we have, a, we have different flavors of how this is acculturated, how it's part of our culture, and, or the dominant culture, I should say. And because of that, what I find is that, if, that it has to, it's, it's, kind of, it's what's referred to as an inside job. In order for me to have a model in my head about who other people are, it first starts with, and this is sometimes a step, that 
is easy to overlook. And through mindfulness practice, that has been one of the main things that is one of many main things that it has helped me with is to be aware of when I am really taking my thoughts seriously about who I think I am. And notice how I said that, who I think I am. And uh, I'm certainly not saying that it's wrong to do this. What I found is that while it is normal and human, uh, and I'm certainly there's no judgment implied here, that it is, it's something that has not served me well. And the reason why it hasn't is due to the fact that if I go around living my life and I'm so wrapped up in who I think that I am that whatever happens, there's so much in this life that we can't control. And because of that, what I find is is that if I can't control the outcome of, of a lot of things in life, it's my, my sense of self, my identity that, that I'm clinging to, this belief that this is who I think that I am is going to get challenged constantly. And the other part of this too is, so I'm going to suffer needlessly because I don't have to do this, but it's just something that I've done for so long. I find that I, I tend to, it tends to be a habit unless I'm paying attention, unless I'm aware. And the other side of this is that I also realize that I can't really deal with or be open to what's really happening in any moment if it's coming through the, if that's if the understanding of that or the absorbing of what's going on or taking it in is coming through this lens of who I think that I am that this is happening to and that's the whole that's a kind of really a whole other subject this idea of things happening to me versus things just happening and Although I do want to say just very briefly that this is something, in many cases, I've taken these things too personally. I've been so wrapped up in me and who I think that I am. And there's no evil agenda here. It's just this is simply a habit. It's a, it's a worldview, a way of looking at the world. And if I can be aware that I'm doing it, there's no way to, quote unquote, self-improve myself out of this. I don't need to put myself on any sort of formal program to stop having this model in my head of who I think that I am, that's the first thing I would say is it's really just a matter. I found what has worked for me over the years. And there again, this is just a benefit of the practice is that it's just to be aware that I'm doing it. And once I'm aware that I'm doing it, and if I already know that it does not serve me well, I can just let go of it. And like all thoughts, they just tend to dissipate. They're really just a man, you know, at a deeper level, they are just really a manifestation of energy in our bodies. They're just, you know, this is just how our bodies process what is going on around us and what we're feeling. I can let go of that, and then I have the opportunity to just experience what is actually happening. And I remember when I first started practicing mindfulness, it was very, very jarring in a lot of ways. It was not painful. Although at times, you know, to just sit and watch my thoughts and pay attention to them was rather difficult because it is something that I had not done before. And when I was, when I was used to habitually always needing to go and to do and to make sure that I knew what to say in certain situations, it's almost like the mind was like this constant running motor that just never turned off. And my main teacher and guru, when I started on this path many years ago, uh, used to make this kind of sound like a motor running, and it, and it really reached me. It really got my attention, and I realized that that's really what the what the mind is doing. I know in some 
Asian Buddhist traditions, I love the phrase that's used of what they call monkey mind. And when you when I visualize that, I, it really, really rings true to me. It really resonates with me. It's just constantly moving and climbing and going places and, and trying to do, and doing things. And so I can't stop that. I can't shut that down. And I know that's why many people have told me over the years that the idea was to try to do something to distract themselves. I've certainly done it as well, or to numb all those thoughts that are going through our head. And what I find is that the only way I've ever been able to cope with it at all, and it has not made it painless, it has not you know, been a magic, a magic bullet, so to speak. It has not made all my, magically made all my problems go away. But what I have found is that the, whatever quote-unquote problems I have had, whatever challenges I have had with people have come from getting back to what I was saying before about it's really about what's up here in my head. This is, you know, I'm, if I think this is who I am, then I'm going to react and respond and think about whatever it is that someone else says to me or does to me. Uh, or in you know in, in most cases they're not saying any you know they may be saying something to me but they might may not be doing anything to me it just may feel that way because that's the way that I'm thinking that's the paradigm in which I'm operating that's you know the, the the lens which I'm looking at this through and so to be able to let go of that in service of first of all reducing my own suffering so that I can actually be here and be more of service and be the best person that I can be. And there again, it's not a striving to be the best person. It's not a competition with anybody else. It's not something that I am, you know, in a self-congratulatory sort of stance about. It's just about being, the, you know, being the most effective human being I can be, loving people in the way that, that I can, the best way that I can, being of service to other people. There again, nothing superhuman, nothing out of the ordinary, just living life, just being in life, just being a human being. And I found that if I can do that, and I know that really any work that I have done has been through this practice and just being more aware, then I can begin to be with other people. And what I found was, and this really surprised me, and this is really the main point I want to make in regards to all this, in terms of my concepts, you know, my concepts and the models in my head about who I think other people are is that I found that the more that I worked on, on being more aware of when I was doing this, when I was holding models in my head and clinging to them about my identity and who I was, I like it felt like magic, but it, it's not magic. It's just it's simply what the, mind, the way the mind works and the way our awareness works is that when I was able to not believe all that and get all wrapped up in who I thought I was, Suddenly, I found that I didn't have to get so wrapped up in who I thought everyone else was. And it's, it's astounding to me how it used to seem so magical to me. You know, how can you really be here now in the moment with other people when I've got all this baggage? I've got all this stuff that I'm carrying with me. And you know, how, can I do, how can I possibly do that? And it's a great question. And it's a question that I asked for many years without an answer. There was no answer. I was not aware. I didn't, I'm not saying there wasn't an answer. There just wasn't for me. I just didn't know. And it has been so incredibly healing for me to get to a place where, and I'll admit, it is, it is not pleasant when people that we love, and especially people that we're really close to, close to, and the same situation goes for friends or acquaintances, people that were in the process possibly 
uh, of getting to know better. And I don't want to make any assumptions there. And that's another part of this too, is that when I meet people, if I am so busy making assumptions about where I think this is going to go, what's going to happen, how is this going to unfold? And, and, and I realize it's driven to a certain degree by desire. And I learned that from one of my teachers as well, that it's, you know, whatever it is that we want, whatever it is that we desire, that's all we can see. We can't see anything else. And it's there again, it's not that it's an evil agenda of any sort. It's not, you know, like we're not, we're not, we're not trying to quote unquote, take over the world. But what I find is, is that I am taking over my ability to just be with people and for them to be however they are. It's much easier said than done, but it is possible. And that's really how I want to bring this together and conclude this is that it is possible that I can actually do this. And in, on, 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 on another level, it's almost as if I would ask the rhetorical question of how can I fail at this really? If I'm just willing to trust, if I can just be who I am, who I am without thinking about it, without believing anything about it, uh, you know, I'm not every, everything that I'm doing, I'm not on a mission to do something. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm certainly, I certainly understand and respect the idea behind having a mission in life. And I'm certainly not saying that I'm beyond that or above that. And I certainly want to do the work that I'm here to do. But I also want to remember, on the other hand, that even when I'm not doing anything, even when I'm not acting at all, even when I'm not making any effort to to do anything at all, that I am still here being and that there is value to that. And I found that mindfulness practice has really helped me with this because I, I have often always felt like with people that there was, you know, my self-esteem was always a challenge for me. And there was always this belief that I wasn't enough. And so I always had to be, a, you know, somewhat over the top in terms of people pleasing and wanting to give people what they wanted. And it all came from, and this is just one example that I'm sharing. It all came from this belief of who I thought that I was. I thought that I wasn't enough. I thought that there was something that I was lacking. I thought that I was weird or strange or that people didn't get me, but that was all in my head. And I'm so grateful to have met even someone recently that has reminded me of this, that I am enough, that I don't have to try to, to be anybody other than who I am. And that, that it, that I really don't have to worry about whether people think I'm weird or strange or different. And I'm very, very grateful for that. And it really has changed my heart. It's changed my life. It's changed my consciousness. And, but I know at the end of the day though, that I still, you know, day to day, day to day life continues and there has to be some way for me to cope because I, I can't, even though I can sit here and have that wonderful moment of remembering what was said to me and really feeling it in my heart, I know that life will continue. At some point I will be back out there in the middle of life where it's all happening and uh, where I have very little control over it. I, there are things I can control. And that's really another subject for, you know, for later. But for right now, I can just realize that it's, if I can not crip, if I can just let go of the habit of crippling myself with my thoughts about who I think that I am, or I can get really caught up in who I, who I think that I should be, but am not. And either way, it's going to then reflect itself outward. And I'm going to decide based on who I think I am, it informs so much of my perceptions and my beliefs about who I think other people are. 
and there's been some really big surprises this year. I've had some moments where I have been really shocked and surprised and hurt, and I want to say that I am not the only one. I am one of many, many, many people. This isn't about me, really, but it's the only perspective I can speak from. It's the only thing I can do is share notes from my own journey, and the disappointments that have come along the way and the absolute surprise of thinking people and there again I say that thinking people are a certain way or I think I know who they are and they're not and any it, the, the, and it almost seems like there is a corresponding level of pain involved with this and of suffering the more effort and energy I put into believing that someone is a certain way or this is who they are and when that doesn't bear itself out I find myself, you know, flat on my back, emotionally speaking, and not able to cope with the reality of what's actually happening. The other side of this is that I have been ple- very pleasantly surprised. It has not been all negative, and I'm not really hung up on positive or negative or right or wrong, but there have been some wonderful surprises that, in some cases, I've not been able to really enjoy those because I've been so wrapped up in thinking that this is who someone is, and then I suddenly find I see it a new facet that is revealed and it uh, even though I'm surprised in a good way and I realize there in I mean my mind there really is no good or bad but I don't know any other way any other way to convey this that I, I can enjoy it more fully if I wasn't already already clinging to some type of model in my head for who I thought that person was so really as I'm concluding this what I am ultimately wanting to convey is that mindfulness practice in day-to-day life and in everyday communications and interactions with everyone in my life, whether it's someone I've known all my life or it's someone I just met today. The practice really does help because I can just be aware that when I interact with people, I can be aware of what, where my thoughts are going, how I'm ta- what my self-talk is like. And I can be aware of, am I reacting internally in some way, you know, even emotionally? It could be emotionally, it could be physically. And this is really beyond the scope of, of what I'm speaking with, but there certainly are benefits in engaging in meditative practices, not only like mindfulness where we're paying attention to our mind, but there are also a lot of wonderful meditative practices that allow us to pay attention to our body and our breathing and to be able to feel and I don't know enough about this to even speak about it. It is something that I, I, I'm only bringing up as something to just put on the table, as something to consider investigating or taking a deeper look at that really complements with mindfulness practice. I have done a few of these practices. I certainly don't know enough about any of it to speak at all about in detail. But I can say that mindfulness practice has at least allowed me to be more open to feeling the way I contract in my body and the way that I physically react to what's happening around me. And in, in a lot of ways, the, you know, the body and the mind are so deeply connected that I've been able to, I'm starting to be, begin to see and feel when what's happening in my mind affects my body and I contract in a certain way. And then the feedback loop continues. And at some point, my mind is contracting as well. And I found that when dealing with people, that I want to be aware of both things, but I don't want to—I I don't want it to necessarily overcomplicate this. So, for the sake of what I'm speaking of today, 
this has really just been about what's happening in the mind. And for me, this has been the way that I've been able to let go of these beliefs. And it's, it's amazing. I would refer to this as the infrastructure of identity. It gets pretty complicated. There's a lot of parts and pieces to this. And the good news is that doesn't mean that it's, that it's impossible to, uh, to actually dismantle this. And actually, the cool part is I found that I don't have to really piece by piece dismantle this identity for myself and these beliefs about who I think other people are and their identities. What I find is that if I don't attend to those things anymore, if I don't give them time and energy, just like any other sort of structure in the physical world, and in this case I realize it's not an actual physical structure, but in some ways I'm a physical being, and those thoughts and you know that infrastructure of these beliefs has some sort of what I'd refer to as a, uh, I can't remember what the word is I'm wanting to use, but essentially it's, it's metaphorical. I believe or metaphoric, I can't remember which way to say that. But that's really what I found is that if I can let go of really attending to these things and giving them time and energy, they just tend to fall apart on their own like any structure that's not maintained. And I realize what I've maintained these, this structure of identity has been with paying a lot of attention to it, believing it, and continuing to perpetuate it. And I can just begin to shift my attention elsewhere and just become aware when I'm habitually doing it again, when I'm, when I'm going there in my mind and believing what it is that I'm thinking about what I'm feeling and just let it go, breathe in and breathe out and continue, continue the journey. And for me, I'm so grateful for the practice that has allowed me to be able to do this.